What is up, y'all? It's your boy. It's your boy. It's your boy. Shave the mohawk, take the Jordan tattoo off your calf, and play some ball. He's the best to ever do it. It's that simple. Then go up there with the 12th man, the 13th man, the 15th. You can bring your grandmama's choir on there. Nah, but for real, you gon' have to see me. Everybody wanna be famous, but nobody wanna put the work in. Oh, what a beautiful day it is. A Wizards win in the books. YBN Corday. Come on. Mac and cheese up in the oven. Grandma finished cooking. Thanksgiving round the corner. Need banana pudding. Brought you home to mama even though you said I shouldn't. Might not make the Christmas, but I'm hoping and I'm pushing for a better day. A good day in the making, but you never say. I could say that you're faking on the real. Why you faking on the real? Why you faking on the real? Oh! Yeah. Yeah, you see, I brought you home to my Shout out to my guy, YB and Corday, man. That's the homie, man. I'm so proud of him. Got nominated for two Grammys, I believe. Um, man, so proud of him. He's Waldorf uh, grown, okay? I know he's from North Carolina, but that's Waldorf, Maryland, baby. You know what I'm saying? So put some respect on the name. Congratulations to him. Because his album was so fire, and I'm just so proud of him seeing his growth, man. That's my boy. Back in the day, real quick before we start the podcast, his name used to be Entendre. And he had some fire mixtapes back. He went to Westlake High School, which is my rival high school. I used to catch the bus from Westlake to North Point every single morning because Westlake was right across the street. And that was my boy, man. He still actually owed me like $20 because we been on a Gonzaga game like three years ago. And he lost that bet. So he owes me some money. He probably got it now because he's in his bag. But anyway, uh, that's enough rambling. Welcome to the Quentin Mayo Podcast. I am your host, Quinn Mayo, um, at Real Quentin Mayo on all social media platforms. Um, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, I'm barely on it, so it doesn't really matter. One half of Wizards, Outsiders, and Wizards Talk on NBC Sports Washington. Lifelong Wizards fan, man, 22 years old. DMV stand up, and I think that's about it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you're listening, man, I don't know why you're listening, but I'm so appreciative of that. And if you're listening, I ask a quick favor of you. Just go ahead and subscribe for the podcast or subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're using to listen to this, whether it's Spotify, you can follow now. Shout out to Spotify. On Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe. You can leave a review. You can leave a comment, a like, all that stuff. Appreciate you guys' support. Just know I do read it. I do read the comments on Twitter and the ads and all that stuff. I do appreciate the love you guys have shown me in this short amount of time. So without further ado, let's hop right into this episode. The Wizards last night moved to 4-8 and eight on the season. And oh my gosh, 138 to 132. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and, and get this out the way. What the heck is going on with this offense, man? Like, oh, my, this offense is just so beautiful, but the defense is so, so putrid. Like, Jesus, it's so bad. It is so bad, but you're putting up 138 points and you beat the Spurs, 138-132, which is, I guess that's the good thing. And I had... We have a one-word recap we do on our Wizards talk show after the game, every single game. My word last night, and I'll just start it with this, was okay. Like, okay. It's okay. All right? It was just okay. You got a W at home. You protected home floor. I get it. But 132 points given up. Like, please. We know what needs to happen here we have to play better defense you just have to play better defense every single night you can't give up 130 120 plus and expect to win the game you just cannot do it and i look back at their schedule and i said man seven 
of their last 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 7 of their 12 games this season, I want to say. I guess that would make it 8 of the 12. They have given up 120 plus points in seven or more seven games this season. That has to be some sort of record, man. That has to be some sort of record. How do you give up that many points every single game? It's ridiculous. And this is what's even crazier is that they make it a point of emphasis every day in practice. Like I'm talking to Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant's like, yo, we gotta play better defense. And I told him a lot of people that just watch the game, was just fans and some people that are called themselves analysts and things of that nature, they say, you know. It's effort, man. It's effort, effort, effort. That's the word that's that's been the buzzword all offseason. In all season, effort. Got to give more effort. Got to give more effort. Now, as Thomas, I said, yo, I don't think I can ever truly say I watched you play and haven't seen you give effort and you guys still give up buckets. I'm saying, so I played the game. You played the game. What is it? other than effort because you can't just go hard and expect to get stopped like that's not you can go 150 miles per hour and still get scored on like that that's not it that is not it it's a lot of other things that go into it he looked me dead in my face and he told me he said it's iq it's basketball iq we all go hard every single night for the most part. He said, even though it's hard, we all go through, we all go hard. We we try to give everything we have every single night, but it's not that. It's basketball IQ. No one who has your help side, no one who's on, on your backside, no one who has the cut through, no one who has the pin downs, no one who, who's going over screens, going under screens. If we're going to go two, three zone, no one who's going to stay up top, who's staying high, who's going to bail. If we get switched off, who's going to fill and replace, step in and replace. Things of that nature, it's IQ. And he said, we're a young team. We're still learning that. A lot of new guys around here is going to take some time. And I can respect that. I can respect that. Suits so in this generation, in this, I sound like an old head. I'm 22, but whatever. This is what old heads have been saying to me all, all um, these last 22 years of my life. In this generation, it's so different. This is things that are just never going to change. But this is what's wrong with this generation. What's wrong with this generation is that we're a microwave generation, okay? We want things to fix themselves right away. We want it right when we want it. We want to push 30 seconds on the microwave and walk away for 30 seconds and come right back. Boom. I got a whole meal right in front of me. Took 30 seconds to work. Boom. I can go on with the rest of my day. This is not a microwave league, though. Okay? As much as you want to talk about it, this entire roster is fairly new. There are eight, nine, what, 12 games into the season. This is the first time CJ Miles, Mo Wagner, Ish Smith, Jordan McCray, Dobbs Bertans, IT, Bradley Bill, Thomas Bryant, Rui Hachmore, Troy Brown Jr., Isak Bonga, Justin Robinson, and Amherst Schofield. This is the first time these guys have played together. Like, yes, you can go through an entire offseason together, but that is not the same thing as going out there and going to war every single night. It takes time. It takes time. It takes chemistry. It takes trust. We always look at the teams that compete over the years deep into the postseason except for any team lebron is on because he's a cheat code but what you look at is what teams have been together for the longest amount of time you say wow they have that chemistry the golden state warriors that nucleus has been in place for a long time that's why i'm confident i'm confident to this day that when they get healthy when they get back they're still going to be a threat because they're they know each other. They know how to win with each other. They know how to communicate. They know each other's weaknesses. And they know how to strengthen each other. That's something this Wizards team just doesn't have right now. And it also doesn't help when your starting point guard 
is giving up like 26 points per game by his lonesome, but you know what you were getting when you brought in Isaiah Thomas. We get that. And that's on Scott Brooks to his standards in terms of what do you want to give up? You want to give us some offense in your starting lineup for some defense, or you want to do the opposite and give us some defense for some offense from IT, which he's been delivering for the most part. Last night he had 11 points once again. Three for four from three-point range, four for ten for the field. So what do you want to do? It's it's pick your poison. But it's time. It's about that time in the season where it's like, okay, things have to start trending up, or like you can't plateau right where you are. And I don't believe this team is gonna be the worst defensive team in the league for the rest of the season. I I noticed that against Minnesota, um, the win they got against Minnesota when it's just cat no Wiggins. They did a lot of talking, a lot of communicating. Now, they still gave up their fair amount of points against Minnesota, but it was more of an effort to talk to each other. To And that all started with Thomas Bryant, who I call the heartbeat of this team, even though Bradley Bill is the vet, he's the scorer, he's the, the highest paid. It's Thomas Bryant who's the heart of the team. That kind of transitions into my next point of it's hard, man. It's hard being 22 and being looked upon as the spark plug, being looked upon as the guy who is the reason why we get things done around here. Like Bill, year eight, everybody's dependent on him. Big shoulders, I gotta carry the load. He kind of, at this point, expects it. He's had his, he's paid his dues. But what Bill is doing is mostly offensive. He's not crashing the boards and, and getting hype dunks and grabbing rebounds and uh, getting blocks and playing great defense. Like, that's not what gets his his game going. That's not what gets him going. That's not what gets the crowd going. It's Thomas Bryant getting blocks, switching in on pick and roll and being able to stop his man one-on-one, crashing the boards, pumping up, the raising the roof. That's what gets this team in the mode, in the zone. And when you're 22 with that responsibility as a vet – TB's a vet. He's a vet now. At 22 years old, he's a vet. He's making three for 25. He's a vet. Just two years ago, he wasn't even on the team. You know what I'm saying? He was cut. He didn't know what was going to happen. He didn't know his future. The Wizards gave him a chance. And now all of a sudden, he goes from getting a chance to be a backup center to now he's the starter. And everybody's depending on him to give that energy off for his team to run. He's like a well-oiled machine. So it's a lot to expect, but it's a learning curve when he's playing a lot of more minutes. So that's my immediate reaction. Okay, you guys scored a lot of points, gave up a lot of points. Things have to go up from here, but you just have to build that chemistry, build that chemistry. One thing Scott Brooks did last night that we haven't seen so far this season, I would say, is Jordan McRae being on the floor in clutch moments last night. Down the stretch, need a stop or two. I think about the two minute range and below that. I saw Jordan McCray getting some bump, and I'm like, man, Jordan McCray looks so good out there. <clears throat> Excuse me, a little cold. He looks so good out there closing games because, one, he's a vet. He's also got a ring. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to the 2016 Cavaliers. He's a scorer, bona fide scorer. He should be the G League uh, logo because he went there and lit it up. Was averaging like 30 points per game. But he comes here, can give you a bucket when you need one. But also, he's long enough and tall enough to get you stops. And I, I looked at Travis Thomas. Shout out to Travis Thomas. That's my uncle. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Travis, Jordan McRae looks good down the stretch. Like, Scott Brooks going to McRae in the clutch. I like that a lot. So, shout out to Scott Brooks for experimenting 
with his lineups, experimenting with, you know, different different things, seeing what works and what doesn't work. And I say this, a, a lot of the criticism that you have about Scott Brooks, they may be fair, certainly may be fair. I've had a lot of criticism of him as well. But this year, he is having to coach from scratch. And also, you have to understand, he's going to try a lot of different things. This team is new to each other, but they're new to him as well. He has to see what works, what doesn't work. So if you see some funky lineups like the one, I can't remember what game that was, but I think Ish Smith and IT were on the floor at the same time to close the game and you need to stop. And that just wasn't a good look. That was, ugh, I don't know if you ever need to put that lineup out there again, but he's going to experiment with some things. He's going to throw some things around and see what he can get away with. So Jordan McCray to close the game out last night. I have that in my notes in big, bold letters. I really like seeing that from him. So I'm looking at the stat sheet here. Um, seven of the 10 active players last night scored in double figures. Jordan McCray gave you a 20, gave you eight, excuse me. That was Bertans, man. He loves playing against the Spurs, man. 21 points, four for seven from three. He actually missed seven, 11 from the field. Um, also gave you four assists and five boards. So he had an all around great game. Look at Bradley Bill. He does Bradley Bill things. That's why he's second in the league in scoring right now with 33 points last night. Mad efficient. Shot 58% from the field. 14 for 24. Knocked down three of his three-pointers. He just looks like he's comfortable. Remember that shooting slump from earlier in the season? Yeah, me either. Because he looks really good right now. Four rebounds and four assists. He did have four TOs, you know what I'm saying? But we'll let that slide for now as long as you get the W. Just don't let it happen again. Thomas Bryant last night. 11 points. Six assists, career high, five rebounds. And I tell him every single time, TB, I need to see a crash in the glass more, man. We had nobody in double figures and rebounding last night. Meanwhile, Lamarcus had 10 by his lonesome. So, but what I, what the bet was, excuse me, I'm, you know, I tend to turn off on these podcasts because whatever, I'm all over the place. The bet was last night, who gets more rebounds, Rui and Thomas O'Brien combined or Lamarcus Aldridge? And I say, you better put some respect on those dudes' names, okay? Rui and TB are going to combine for more rebounds than Lamarcus Aldridge is. Like, let's let's calm down here. And what happens last night, Rui gives you seven, TB gives you five, Lamarcus finished the night with 10 total. So if you took that prop bet, congratulations, you won. Come on down. Troy Brown Jr., that's my guy. That's my guy. Last night, finished with five points, a steal, four assists, five rebounds, shot two for three from the field. You know what? Honestly, though, <clears throat> Troy is just so smooth, man. I mean, I never feel like he has a bad game. It's because he can do so much. And I'll elaborate. If Troy's shot's not falling... He'll walk away at the end of the night with maybe five points, but he'll have like five dimes, five rebounds, and two steals or something like that. So with Troy, what I like about him the most is that he's a stat sheet stuffer. If his shot's not falling in, he can tell he's not going to force it up. He's never going to press the issue, especially when he's playing along scores like Rui, when was average 20 in college. Uh, TB can give you buckets. IT can give you buckets and Beal. So, Nick Ashley was talking to me last night, like, I need to see more from Troy. And I'm just like, man, what what more do you need to see? The team scored 138 points last night. He didn't force the issue. He kind of plays within his game. He plays within his game. Coach Passos was telling me, you know, what does Tom, what does uh, Troy Brown have? What's his game? What's his go-to? Even Chase told me that. Chase Hughes, what is Troy's go-to? And I said, he has a midi. He has a mid-range jumper, a killer pull-up mid-range jumper. But he's only going to go to it 
when it's there. He's never going to press the issue like we know, like we've known. Let's not act like he's a, a 20 points per game kind of guy. This guy was a point guard until the senior year of high school. He just got really, really tall, got to Oregon. And they were like, bro, you got to play shooting guard or something or forward. Like, you, you're you not a point guard. We got point guards around here. You can't play it. Like, that's just it. We have really authentic point guards, but we want you on the floor. He's like a tweener. That's what Troy Brown is. So he can get you stops on defense. <clears throat> he knocks down open shots. Knocked down his one three-point attempt last night. Only missed one shot. Shot 66% from the field. He's never going to force. So I like what I see from him in terms of his patience. But also sometimes you kind of want to see that dog. You want to see like, okay, can you take over games? And the thing with Troy, I think is going to come. But another thing he has to, um, let's say, overcome and if you listen to the Wizards Talk podcast, shameless plug, make sure you listen to the Wizards Talk podcast. Chris Miller um, talked to Troy Brown and every single player on the team on the podcast a few times. Make sure you subscribe to that on all um, streaming platforms. But he was saying last year, <clears throat> he was playing not to lose. He was playing not to get taken out the game. Like, that's, that's what he was doing. And when you're playing like that, you kind of play stiff. You kind of play scared. And that's what Troy Brown was doing last year because he never knew. After you make one bad play, you're down playing with the go-go. And he hated going to the go-go until he had to embrace it and say, you know what, this is what's best for me right now. Let me take the make the most of this um, opportunity. But he's got to overcome the mindset of if I make a mistake, I'm going to get pulled out. But it's hard to do that when you have a coach that hasn't been the most forthcoming in terms of his trust of his ability. So he has to be a little more free out there, just let loose and let his game do the talking. And naturally, by instincts, by his size, by his length, he's able to do a lot of things on the floor. He can get you a bucket. He can get you steals. I remember that still he had against um, Jared Culver in Minnesota. He's playing good defense. He's in a great stance. Culver's lazy with the ball. He's got those long arms, big hands. Easy strip, beats Culver to the ball, and then goes down the floor, lays it in the room and still gets fouled shows some emotion screams and one that's what you like to see from him he has to play more loose and has to be more comfortable but that's going to come like i said with time this whole team is young this whole team is still trying to figure out what they do together and obviously scoring is one of them but what other skills can they bring to the table and how much free reign do they have to try some things and be really comfortable with the offense only reason why Steph Curry is pulling 35-foot jump shots is because his teammates are coming with him taking it, and he's made them and took it, taking them in the games because he's willing to push the envelope. That's the same thing this team has to do with each other, especially on defense. How much can I trust that if I get beat off the ball, that Rui's going to come over and step in and make a good play? How much can I trust that on pick and roll, if I can't get over the screen, Thomas Bryant will get switched off, handle his business, and I can take his, and we'll be fine. How much also am I going to trust on that same pick and roll that if it's IT and Rui in a pick and roll situation, Situation. I get switched on a big man that McCray's automatically going to say if he's on the floor. Troy Brown's going to say, you know, switch that, switch that. Let me get the big. You go over here and get the wing player. You go here over here and get the guard. That is all trust. See, a lot of times on the pick and roll defense, guys are converting. They're converging all eyes on the same man because they don't have trust in each other that that one person on that switch is going to get it done. You get lazy eyes, and then you got backdoor cutters all over the place, easy buckets, and that's it. And they're also not talking enough, and that's something that they're probably going to beat to death every single practice. But that it just comes with time. It just comes with time. So this is going to be a short podcast, probably the shortest podcast I've ever done because I actually have to head over to practice soon. It's already 1020. Still got to edit this and get it out and uh, make some thumbnails for it and all that stuff. But I do want to take a look at our advanced stats really, really quickly. See what comes out to me. Oh, Rui being second on the team in usage rate last night with 23.7 is intriguing to me. 
it's intriguing to me. It's really intriguing. One thing about Rui is that he's another calm, cool, collected guy, too. He's never going to force the issue. He's never going to force the issue. But I've noticed sometimes now that defenses are allowing him the, the space to just shoot from deep. And last night, what I appreciated is that he had the three, top of the key, but he dribbled it in and took a more manageable shot. Now, if Scott Brooks is going to be totally in approval of that, you know what? I don't think so because there's a whole new philosophy of like, we want to shoot more threes. But I like how he can recognize when his game is not going or when something is not falling or they need a bucket bad and he can get to where he's comfortable at. I watched him go one-on-one last night, king of the court. <clears throat> not last night, um, yesterday afternoon. What's today? Wednesday, Thursday. Okay, so it was Tuesday. They're Tuesday practice. They're going one-on-one, king of the court, two dribble drill. And Roy loves his mid-range jumper. Like, we know that, but watching him go one-on-one and always reverting to it, even when he may have a lane to the basket, is something that I want to see him get better at. He's the kind of guy who, because he's so tall and, and he's so comfortable with that mid-range, he can just shoot right over you. But his game is going to take it to another level when he can give you a head fake and take you to the rim. Um, he also, his lateral quickness and his quickness is not the best. I mean, he's he's a slower guy, a slower big once he gets some more speed, he gets used to playing in the NBA every single day, knocks some weight off, or maybe puts a little weight on or replaces some of that fat with muscle. I think his elusiveness and his quickness in his first step will be something that's going to take him a very long way because now the scouting report is get him off of his mid-range. Now, if you get, get him off his mid-range, and instead, now if you get him off his mid-range, he'll probably just put his back to you and then look to pass the ball. But if he can get to the head fake in the mid-range, get, get you off your pivot just a little bit and rip, ooh, one step, quick jab get through rip through and get to the basket and bang on your head that's when he's going to make his money so he's working now he's got the mid range down to a t i want to see him get more comfortable down the paint and also that three-pointer is coming along just fine so we will see how things go that's pretty much it for me man it was a pretty simple game the guys got to play more defense 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 every single night you're not going to um you're not just going to blow teams out or score 138, <clears throat> allow 130 plus points and win. That's what their MO has been every year. Like they, every week so far this season, every game, they can score. Like that is without a doubt, but you gotta be able to stop people. And right now, this team just has no defense. So Scott is gonna have to figure that out. It's gonna come with time and communication. But the next game they do have is against the Charlotte Hornets, who aren't going to put up 100, well, shouldn't put up 130-plus points on you um, because they're 25th in the league in points per game. And you played last night the Spurs, who are, I believe, top 10. I think they're 8th in points per game. So they could already score when you play the Wizards. That gets even crazier. Not a lot of – you got some guys who can score in Charlotte, but that team is also all over the place. So you should have your way with them. Knock on wood if you're with me. Hopefully they can get those things done. But let me check their defensive stats really quickly. So, y'all bear with me here. Um, we'll go see all stats. This is live, and I'm not editing any of this because if you're listening to this far, I appreciate you. Just know that. Um, let's go defense. I said defense. NBA.com. Now y'all wanna y'all wanna cap for the podcast? Y'all know I'm potting right now. Can I get the stats, please? <clears throat> let's go team defense. Um, yeah. So it looks like. The Hornets are 15th. No, that's wrong. Defensive rating. The Hornets are 
Hornets are 23rd and the Wizards are 29th. <laughs> guys, please, for the love of God, please, I'm begging you guys, let's get that defensive rating up. Let's get that defensive rating up. It's absolutely unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. Oh, last thing before I leave, Bradley Beal is an all-NBA player. <clears throat> He's an all-NBA player. If he keeps it up on this track, if he averages 30 points per game, or if he takes a slight dividend at 29, he's an all-NBA all player. Point blank, period. The guys from last year, Russell Westbrook, I don't think it's him because you got a guy by, by, beside you named Harden. Steph is injured. That's another guard position. Kyrie, if that team makes the playoffs, he's probably all-NBA because he's been playing out of his mind. I think Dame makes all-NBA because he still has a pretty complete um, stat line, and he's also averaging what? He's averaging 28, five rebounds and seven assists. I think he's all NBA. All NBA. Luca will probably be, well, he's a four, so he doesn't count. So long story short, I think all NBA is Harden, Beal, Dame, Kyrie, Kimba for sure. I need one more guard. I need one more guard. Um, did I say Dame already? Ooh. Well, if Luca's considered a guard. I think he's a six guard, and he might be a guard. They might consider him a guard. Okay, that's my six, and then we'll double back later if he's not if he's not considered a guard for all NBA. But Luka's been playing absolutely out of his mind. That dude's incredible. So I think Bill, if he keeps it up, he's an all NBA player. I don't care if this team loses 55 games, he should be in that all NBA conversation. And injuries definitely helped his situation and changed the scenery. AKA Russell Westbrook helped that situation as well. So that is it for this week's podcast. A quick pod. Let me hurry up and get this out for you guys. If you appreciate this content, once again, make sure you subscribe and follow on all platforms. Follow me on social media at Real Quentin Mayo. Send me um, critiques, criticism. I love that. I love reading all the, the takes you guys have on what I can do better or what I've done well. You know, I'm not here to just have y'all say, oh, Quentin, you're so great. And then we just move on. I'm trying to get better as well, man. So the much, the more tough criticism, tough criticism and constructive criticism that you give me, I'll absolutely appreciate it. Make sure to check out NBC Sports Washington Wizards Outsiders before and after every single Washington Wizards game because me and Travis, we're hilarious and we just have a lot of fun. Um, I think that is about it. Oh, one more thing. <clears throat> DC, DC family. family. I'm out of here.